Good day, everyone. Welcome to the VIX Tycon podcast. It's great to see all of you, uh, and it's fantastic to have you on the show. Uh, the VIX Tycon podcast is a show where we talk about business, we talk about leadership, management, and all things around business that um, are designed to kind of help you grow in your business and get on down the road. And on today's show, I'm really excited because we've got our first international guest, and that is Vicky O'Neill. Vicky, welcome with us on the show. Thank you so much, Vic, and what an honor and what a pleasure to be your first international guest. Yeah, first international guest. I mean, we're really, we, we, we're pushing this thing down the road, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so I might have a little bit of an accent, right? Yeah, I think but you and me both, eh? <laughs> yeah, somebody the other day um, said to me, gee, I can't understand your accent. And I keep thinking to myself, I don't have an accent. It's the people around me that have got accents, you know, so hey-ho, yeah. So, Vicky, um, you uh, have a business called, um, I'm just having a look at your LinkedIn profile. Just remind me again, your business name? 10K Marketing. That's right, 10K Marketing. Right, tell us more about 10K Marketing. What do you do? How do you do it? Why do you do it? And how you actually got involved in it? You know, what, what's the whole process? Okay, yes. Uh, 10K Marketing, I started it in 2011. Okay. And I actually started it as a side business. Right. I had people approaching me saying, hey, can you help me with creating a logo? Or can you help me with building a website? And this was back before, you know, social media and, and all of the, the nuances of marketing today. Okay. So yeah. I saw an opportunity there to kind of leverage that and say, this is actually something that I might want to do in the future and go full in 100% own my own business and yeah. do my own thing. Okay. So I did that for a few years and in March of actually it was two years ago. Um, I was let go from my job. It was a corporate job. I was yep. an inside sales manager over okay. um, a team over the Eastern side of the United States. Right. Which and is on the opposite side would, to where you are right now. I'm sorry. Uh, that's on the opposite side of the States where you are now. It's in the same side. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I was okay. leading a team of 13 inside sales reps okay. and the company was acquired by a bigger company Right. and our team was relatively new. So right. going through all the changes of an acquisition and we were a newer team, they didn't see the whole revenue model that they wanted to see coming from our company. Okay. So they started to make some changes and unfortunately I was the last one in. So I was the first one to go. <laughs> as it as it as it happens exactly yeah so there were other things that had been happening during that time where i was like you know what i think this is a sign like i keep seeing things and it kept coming into my head like i need to just be focused on my own business okay and i've had you know over 20 years of experience in marketing and sales so yeah. um with the company name being focused on marketing, that's okay. ultimately where my heart is. That's where my passion is. I love to help people figure out their marketing. Very good. It's, okay. Yeah. It's the core of any business. Yeah. You know, you, you can't survive. You can't survive without sales either, but it sure. makes sales easier if they have marketing. Absolutely. You can survive yeah. without accounting, but of course it's difficult, <laughs> but you can use marketing. Yeah. So marketing has its, influence in all the internal departments and all yep. the other internal departments need to be working together and leveraging whatever marketing message they can Very good. in yep. their individual teams. Okay. So that's what I so, do. Okay. So you got into it because you were let go from a job and uh, it, well, the environment is yeah. kind of more, um, it's, it's, it's your focus. However, you did say that you had it running kind of on the side um, mm -hmm. 
before you got let go. And, and that's quite a key thing, I think, because that, um, as somebody said to me the other day, you only need a spare wheel when your main wheel goes flat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, <laughs> exactly. was your, that was your spare wheel that became your main, your main thing. Exactly. So, okay. and I knew that I wanted to do it eventually full time, be like all in on Ken K marketing, right. but I just didn't have like a particular time frame in mind. And okay. then when I started thinking about it more, and then I started seeing that, hey, this acquisition is going to happen. Yeah. You, you just kind of get that feeling, just like with yeah. anything, that yeah. something's going to change and it's going to affect you. Absolutely. So, you start making plans that if yeah. this does happen, then here's what I'm going to do. So luckily I already kind of had my self established in an entrepreneurial role yeah. and continued with that entrepreneurial role in the corporate roles that I had held, but okay. it just kind of realized that, Hey, this is just a better fit for me. Yeah. And I love the corporate life. I, I learned so much, including my leadership training and that's where I've had, the majority of all of my managing or leading was with different companies. Okay. So I'm extremely grateful for all of that experience and that helped me get to where I am today. Very good. So how did you find that transition going from that corporate environment <laughs> to uh, where, you know, sort of um, you, you've got uh, criteria to meet, you know, you, you start at nine, you finish at five, um, there's targets to hit, there's all sorts of things that are, kind of set by other people, some of which you will set yourself. But I mean, the hierarchy of the company typically set those things up front. Now you've moved from that environment into an environment where you are self-employed, where you are your own boss. You've got to set mm -hmm. your own targets. You've got to set your own timeframes. How did you find that transition? And how have you found that move from managing other people primarily mm -hmm. and being managed to simply managing yourself? Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways I could take that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we now, might have to do a series of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we might. This might have to be the first of many. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm better as an entrepreneur and I'm, okay. I'm a better like person, a better business person. And I think when I, I made the transition, I'm not going to lie. It was difficult Yeah. because you get into a routine, like you get up, you know, I always work out in the mornings and then you get ready, you get in your car, you leave, you go to a job yep. and then you get in your car and you come home. Yeah. So you get into that routine, which is kind of nice. And you also have that paycheck, which is yes. kind of nice. It's, so when you don't easy. have that, yeah. Yeah. But the thing I liked about making that transition is that now I get to do the things that I wanted to do. Very good. So, so many things that I learned from corporate life, but the drawbacks were that when you have ideas that you can see, Hey, it's going to make this team better, or Hey, it's going to make this process better, or here's a new idea that we could, you know, at least consider or do some research that might help the company overall. Yeah. It's heard, but it's not necessarily valued as it would be in an entrepreneurial role where you're partnering with other people or you're bringing other people on board to help you fulfill yeah. a need for a particular client. Very so, good. I like the flexibility yep. and I'm driven more by creating my own hours. So like I'm a, I'm an early bird. Okay. So I may be working at five o'clock in the morning here, Yeah. but that's when I have my energy. So, yep. you know, by five o'clock my time here, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like burned out, but then I'll go eat and I'm like, Oh, I got a second win. I can come back and work. Let's, let's you know, get back in the office again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because it's here, I can do that. So if I'm working on something, then it's, 
it's my project. Absolutely. And I know that I'm working towards a particular goal that yeah. I set for myself. Yeah. And that was established for a reason as well. Okay. So, so do, you, yeah. do you also find that, um, uh, I mean, this is a, a, a perspective that was given to me many years ago by a, a, a mentor. He said, as an entrepreneur, literally you wake up every morning unemployed and bankrupt. And you've got mm -hmm. to every day get out and make the changes necessary, make things happen so that you are never bankrupt and you are never unemployed. And that's mm -hmm. kind of a, a mental shift going from, like you said earlier, having a paycheck to where now you've got to create your own paycheck. Is that, is that kind of a, a dilemma that you found yourself in or a position you found yourself in? Yeah, I think everybody, when, if you go from that transition or just when you start your own business or you're yep. freelancing, whatever that is, where you're in control of creating your income, yep. it's, I mean, it's a struggle for everybody. Absolutely. And if somebody tells you it's not, I'd kind of question whether or not they're, you know, being a hundred percent transparent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is true. It's like every day you wake up and that's kind of how you know if you're doing what you love or not, is that when you wake up, do you wake up and you're like, I have to go to work, you know, I got to make this money, I got to pay the bills. Yeah. Or are you waking up and you're just like, oh my gosh, I get to do this and I get to do this. And I can't wait to do this. And oh my God, here's an idea. And that's where I am. Yeah. So I know I'm where I need to be. Yeah. Um, and I know it's a huge struggle, just like we all know as entrepreneurs sure. and starting our own businesses. But one of the important things too, is like surrounding yourself with people online. Since I work from home, yeah. I don't get out and meet people in person very often. Okay. But I do rely on a lot of online relationships and just okay. saying, hey, or texting with people and be like, hey, I got this idea. What do you think? Yeah. And just kind of bouncing things off people. So it's important to have a support network, whether it's Absolutely. in, you know, in person or yeah. it's online. So that's kind of how you and I met was via LinkedIn. Um, I can't even remember how it came about, but I think it may have been a, um, in a in a conversation around something that John uh, Sperian posted. It, it may have been somewhere that, but that's kind of how we met was online via LinkedIn and we started a conversation and hence the way the, 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 this podcast came about. Yeah, Which, exactly. And I think that's it too. John has been extremely helpful in connecting me with so many wonderful people like you. And I never would have got to met, meet a lot of the people I even interviewed for my podcast if okay. it wasn't for him. Yeah. So, so it's the power of LinkedIn and helpful people like John. Yeah. Yeah. And LinkedIn is just amazing. I mean, I just, uh, LinkedIn is, is, so I, I'm, I'm a LinkedIn trainer, but LinkedIn training is about oh, probably 5% of my business. The majority of my business is change leadership and change management, which is what I get from LinkedIn. I get all that business off LinkedIn. So here, here's a question mm -hmm. um, to take us up to the next level. You mentioned you've got a podcast. What is your podcast all about? Mm -hmm. It's called Connect the Dots, yep. and it's all about connecting the dots between marketing and sales. Oh, so what do you good. need to do with marketing yep. to help sales and to drive sales? And the same thing of getting both marketing and sales involved on everything from creating personas or creating the objectives and Very create good. the path or the strategy that's going to help you meet certain objectives. Okay. And not necessarily working in silos. So people yep. tend to say, okay, well, here's the marketing department's responsibility, yeah. which is okay, mm. but have a plan for communication with sales and customer Very service good. and product Very development good. and operations. Yeah. 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 And, and that kind of then leads <laughs> us on to, um, and, and if you, if it's okay with you um, in the show notes uh, later, I'll put the, the link to your podcast. If anybody wants to, 
to listen to it and, and uh, connect with you. But that kind okay, of um, leads us, yeah, no, pleasure. But that kind of leads us on to the, the next question. We had a, a bit of an engagement earlier today um, on a post that I've created about uh, a scenario that happened in a, in a director's meeting the other day. Um, and that was a, a, a sales, um, a conversation between a sales director and an HR director where the, <laughs> the HR just about, the, the HR director just about lost his mind. Um, it, it was something that the sales director had said. I, I can't even remember exactly what the sales director had said, but the, this HR director literally stood up at his at his chair from his chair at the boardroom and he slammed his hands down on the desk and he said, "You don't know what it's like to manage an HR department. It's not like um, managing a, a sales department where you lots are just hangers on and you." Oh, I mean, he went absolutely crazy. Anyway, it was just, uh, it was mad. Anyway, I created a post around that. Movie clip. You can't handle the truth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't, uh, oh, geez. I tell yeah. you what, it was absolutely crazy. And everybody just sat around and looked at these two. And um, it, it wasn't long. And they were all in on it. You know, everybody was fighting everybody else, trying to, um, uh, trying to almost fight their own corner. And you mentioned that we're uh, working in silos. And, and, and people were kind of, they were they were trying to defend their silo, and I asked the question um, in this post about: Is it possible to manage, um, say, HR, for example, and um, you're an HR person, you're managing an HR team. Can you manage a sales team? Is that possible? And mm -hmm. um, you you obviously commented on it. You had a great um, some great ideas there around leadership and motivation and all that sort of stuff. Do you, do you want to talk yeah. us through that kind of? scenario what you what you spoke about there and and let's develop that is that uh, are you okay with that oh yeah definitely i think it's um here's the thing about working from home Hello, is that you Kenton. get yes <laughs> unexpected guests <laughs> hey the, the thing about doing podcasts from home unexpected yeah exactly <laughs> he wants his moment in the limelight so this oh, is his way of doing it lovely. but um how, how old is he <laughs> He's four. Oh, lovely. <laughs> he just wants to sit with his mama. Yeah, um, no, that's the best thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, I learned early on in my career. In fact, it was one of the corporations that I had worked with and got the majority of my marketing, my sales training, my sales okay. experience started there, my leadership training. Yep. And it's, I mean, yep. this was like 20 years ago. Okay. And I went through leadership training and ever since then it has just stuck with me in that it's important that to your question about, you know, can a leader lead people in different departments? So if you're, you know, the VP over HR, could you then lead people over sales and vice versa? Yeah. I think you can. And the reason why I say that is because being a leader is all about leading through your people. Yep. And you can only lead through your people when you understand what motivates them, okay. what their goals are, and how they communicate, how do they want to be rewarded. Yep. And when you understand that, a good leader will lead to each person's strength. Yep. Okay. And they'll understand where they're not strong, and then other people on the team likely can complement those, and that's how you become like a well-oiled machine. Okay. So any results are going to be driven through your people, whether you're sales, your HR, your marketing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you 
lead through your people, you'll get results. Absolutely. Now, the only place where that person wouldn't be as effective, at least in my opinion, is that they don't have the experience. Sure. So you can lead through people, but if you're a VP of HR and that's all your history is, it's going to be kind of challenging for you to understand sales Absolutely. and how to set sales objectives and what yeah. the sales process is and how yeah. to coach your team members on different types of sales calls. Yeah. So, and, and same thing with the VP of sales to lead a team of HR people. It's a completely different dynamic. dynamic. It's a completely yeah. Yeah. Different, yeah. Set of goals. So I think that's where the challenge would come in. But okay. if the, if the simple question is, is it possible? I would say yes. Yeah, Should you do I mean, it? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, one, of, one of the other people that did comment on the um, on the feed was a, a very good friend of mine, Leslie Anderson, um, and she's kind of um, she's covered both of those roles. And for her, mm -hmm. she kind of she saw it as yeah, it's possible to manage in one area and managing in the other. Um, and for me, I, I agree with that. Um, those additional kind of skills, you know the um, how to set targets in 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 sales, uh, understanding the different sales techniques. I mean, that, that's really stuff you can acquire, isn't it? Um, yeah. Obviously, you're not going to drop into the role straight away and and be able to pick that all up and run with it. Um, mm -hmm. As somebody else mentioned, um, if you if you haven't got that experience, you're not going to be respected in that in that role, and that mm -hmm. is true. But I've I've seen guys sort of come into uh, come from one department. In fact, I saw this happen in a company just recently where a guy was in the uh, the production department, mm -hmm. and he was he was the production um, uh, manager, and they moved him from production into sales. And mm -hmm. the very first thing he did is he he got his team together and he said, uh, guys, look, I know nothing about sales. I know about the product. I know how to manage people, but I know nothing about sales. Would you teach me? And he became teachable in a very short space of time. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon that team was saying to him, okay, but what about if we do this? How do we do that? What do you think of this? And it was, he picked up that skill. And I, mm -hmm. I you know, um, as I was sitting listening to these guys talk, I thought, yeah, that's, you can do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's Should definitely you? Probably not. <laughs> Exactly. It's, you can, but should you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so let, let's let's then um, take it back to the other side, and that was uh, around um, your business and what you do. Uh, you speak mm -hmm. about uh, effective marketing, better leads, higher conversion, more sales. Uh, just mm -hmm. talk us through that process. Yeah. So in order to, if you think about marketing, anybody can do marketing. Yeah. You go and you can get a social media profile, and you can start posting whatever kind of content you want to. Okay. If you don't know who your audience is, so it's all about, you know, your persona or your yep. ideal target customer, yep. you need to understand who that person is. Very good. And then you need to back into and say, okay, how can I create content that's going to trigger some type of emotional response? Very because, good. Because, you know, people buy on emotion and then they justify it with logic. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, just as you're talking, I've got up on my, my board over here. Um, seven different personas. And I was yeah. actually explaining this concept to somebody the other day. If uh -huh. you are writing a piece of content, I always sit down, look up at, at these seven personas and I go, okay, I'm writing to that person. Because the idea is if you're creating content, you write to one person, you're literally writing to everybody. Yeah. But if you write to everybody, you write to nobody. Exactly. Oh my gosh, you couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> exactly what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah, yeah, I got it right. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so when you when you're talking about creating a, a persona, mm -hmm. what is your idea around that? Is it really detailed, or is it just sort of a glossy um, highlight kind of uh, thing? Yeah, I go through a really detailed process because you need to ask a lot of questions of your ideal customer in order to understand who they are. Yep, so I go, I mean, you can find out age, gender, estimate household income, all that stuff. Yep. You can estimate all that on your own. Yep. You don't need to actually have conversations with people, sure. but what is really going to resonate with them, especially from a marketing perspective and to create more relevant content that's going to convert and make it easier yep. for sales is to understand who they are. Just like what you have. I would, Absolutely. I mean, I would love if you want to send me what you have on your board, just because I love to see when people go through that exercise themselves yeah. and then do exactly what you're doing where you're like, when I'm getting ready to post something, I look at the persona. And I'm like, I need to post it for that person. Exactly. And that's exactly yeah. what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up here going, yes. Like when you were doing it, I was like, that is so awesome. Like I smile ear to ear when people do that. Cause it just, I love it. Yeah, so my but, process is a little bit more in depth. It's if you have existing customers, which most companies do, yeah. then I always recommend that they look at the data first Very and good. look at you know, what do you want to replicate? Do you want to look at your most, do you want to um, replicate your most profitable customers? Yeah. Do you want to look at your longest term customers? Yeah. Do you want to look at the customers who have bought the most products? Like what is your, like what's your ideal customer? Maybe it's the, the type of customer that's most responsive and the best customer ever. Sure. But find out what that is that makes them a ideal customer and then find out how you can replicate that. And when you have data, it's easy to do at least as a starting point. Absolutely. But then it's digging a little bit deeper. So you can either, if you've got notes or content in your CRM or in your sales enablement system, you can, you can extract that, have conversations with your salespeople. Very good. Then have conversations with the customers. That's really where the meat and the yep. understanding and all of the details that you need to know to create a persona is going to come from. Absolutely. You've got to, you've got to do a little bit of digging around that. Okay. So you've created a persona, you're putting all this content out there, whether it's um, uh, in adverts or it's um, writing uh, posts on LinkedIn or it's blogs or whatever the case may be. Uh, and you're getting your name out there and it's, it's busy generating kind of um, attention and people are getting to know you. How do you take that then from um, this discussion to that point where it now becomes a lead and then becomes, mm -hmm. how do you then convert that lead um, from, from that conversation? And are you talking about like in the content, the type of content that you put out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So if you look at LinkedIn, because that's where we met, and that's yep. where it sounds like you're spending most of your time with your ideal customer as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, I'm there all the time. Like I say to everybody, I'm all over LinkedIn like a cheap suit. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way, yes. Yeah, yeah. a good cheap suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you hone in on your persona and... On LinkedIn, it's all about having conversations. Absolutely. So even before I will connect with someone, I follow them and I look at the Very content good. that they're putting out there. Is yep. it something that they've posted? Have they commented on someone else's content? What value can I add to that to let them know, hey, here's the value that I can offer this person yep. so they can see my comments. And the same thing is... Um, true on their content. So if they've posted something, then I want to make a comment that's going to help them Very and good. 
you know, give them perspective, but then also start to establish some no, you know, the yep. no like and trust. Yep. So you start to get to know me as well. Okay. And I want to build credibility with those people. So I'll keep track of who those people are. And, you know, depending on how they have their profile set up, I can see or not see, but I'll go back and check. And if I can post content on something that they've put out there, then I will do that to continue to build that conversation. And then I'll connect with them at a certain point when I feel like, okay, this, this is going well. Like either yep. they've responded or they've sent me a message or Very I've good. sent them a message, they've responded. So then I'm like, okay, they're at least interested. Yep. And it's just evolving the conversation, just like a normal conversation. I always tell people that sales is having a conversation like you yeah, and I are having. Absolutely. Right yeah. Yeah. You know, we could be leading down this path of, you know, selling um, the concept of bringing somebody else onto the podcast. Yes. And this conversation is leading there. And Very it's good. just yeah. having a conversation. And then it's like, okay, well, you said this in the conversation earlier about, you know, having the personas and creating the content. And I have this great person I think that you should consider for your podcast. It's so-and-so. Yeah. And then you look at them like, oh, here's why. And it's, it's a conversation that evolves over time. And I think if people understand that that's sales, yep. then that whole process from persona, branding, marketing, messaging, content, conversion, it all happens more It seamlessly. all works together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not yeah. seen as, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, this lead. And then it's, everything's not looked at in a silo. It's looked at more as a seamless process. Yeah. And so it's, it's then not seen as sales. It's seen as building relationships and people buying mm -hmm. from you instead of you trying to sell to them. Is, 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 have I got exactly. that right? Yes, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Very good. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got this picture. I've, I've been listening to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Lovely. All right. So, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Vicky, um, as we kind of wrap this up, I said to you, we'd keep it to about 30 minutes, which is great. And I'd really like to have you back on. Maybe we can do some more um, podcasts around actually uh, messaging and all those sort of things. And, and that would obviously be a conversation we could have offline. But um, mm -hmm. as we kind of wrap this up, what does the next two, three, four, five years look like for you and for your business? Well, I am looking to grow the podcast. So I'm going to continue to work on the podcast and right now it's not generating any revenue, but I'd like to get it to a point where I get sponsorships okay. and I can start generating some type of revenue from that. Okay. And then building my base of customers, of course. So I want to be in growth mode. That's hiring a couple of people like salespeople, VA, some people to kind of help out with the growth mode. Right. And I'm going, I'm in the process of developing online courses. Right. So that okay. who want my expertise or want some help, they or they can even see like a sampling of what I offer Very ahead good. of time and either sign up for the course or get an understanding of what I teach and then they can contact me for one-on-one -on -one work. Okay. Very good. So those those online courses, because I, I, I do online courses as well. So we're kind of talking in the same space here. Um, yeah. when, you, when you're creating your online courses, are you drawing obviously from your own experience and from other people's experience to create them? Or is it something that you kind of outsourcing to other people to do on your behalf? I am, I'm looking at other people. So two people that I've looked at who have created online courses are Amy Porterfield. Oh yeah, lovely. Marie, uh, Marie Forleo. They're yeah. like my two go-to people for anything business related. Yeah. 
So, and I've actually taken Marie Forleo's B school, which okay. is yeah, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> just excellent. closed the door. It actually just started this week. So, and she only offers it once a year. So yeah, yeah. if somebody's interested in that, they can't do it again until next year, but um, they both offer online courses. And so I've mirrored how I'm going to offer the online courses based on my experience with them and what I've Very seen good. them put together. Yeah. Very time consuming, but very in depth, a lot of value for yeah. the money. So Fair that right. is the path that I'm headed down. Okay. And, and your courses are going to be uh, sales and marketing related uh, or, or something else? Yeah, it's mostly going to be marketing and sales with okay. a heavier focus on marketing, marketing. because that's okay. where most of the the preparation for sales needs to happen. Absolutely. And if you're doing all the right things with marketing, it helps make sales easier. So then there'll there be go. some on sales and it's more or less like what we were talking about, making sales more of a conversation instead of how do I make a sale? Yeah. Well, and, and that's just kind of something uh, that I think we can wrap up on. And that is that so many salespeople forget that the person that they're dealing with, the person they desperately trying to sell to is a human being who mm -hmm. just wants to have a chat and yeah. that chat can take people places if it's done properly. Right. And, and I think exactly. that's what we miss is that um, I'm actually dealing with a human being here, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and, and not just another number that I can smack on the head and hopefully ring out for a couple more pounds or dollars or whatever, whatever uh, uh, currency right. we're going to deal it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what it boils down to. I think the, the mindset needs to change from, if you're a salesperson, it needs to change from, I have a goal to hit, yep. I need to make the sale, yep. to which it, that's a natural place for their mindset to be, but it really needs to be for, like you were saying, it needs to be on this conversation. Yep. This person needs something and they need yep. what I have. Now let me help them decide to choose me by being helpful and providing value and providing information. And if they need training and walking them through what happens through the onboarding process. I mean, as long as you're having that kind of conversation with them, then if it's a good match for them, you'll be yep. selected. It just, it just makes it easier. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it just, like you mentioned earlier, it's that whole um, get to know the person, get to like them, get to trust them. And that only happens in the context of a conversation. Exactly. You know, if we, I mean, we've had um, a couple of conversations via LinkedIn and mm -hmm. over that period of time, I think we've kind of got to know each other and understand a little bit, but this is a further part of that conversation. Um, exactly. And it's, um, you know, I, hopefully people that watch this um, will go, hey, I'd like to have Vicky on my podcast and, or I'd like to have Vic on my podcast. And it's that conversation that's developing further into other places. And, and that's how sales works. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, and we're a good example of that, of how we found each other, our names through John Asperian. Yep. So, you know, we were just two random people out there, and we, we connected through him. Yeah. We were having conversations through posts, yep. so it's public, it's more generic, not yep. generic, but you know, it's higher level. Yep. Took it to a deeper level with the DM. Yep. Then the request was made. We shared information on each other's podcasts and here's what we do. Yep. So that was at a deeper level. Yep. Then you're like, you had the ask. Can you, are you interested in being on my podcast? Yep. Yep. And I was like, yeah, sure. If you would have just sent me a DM, whether we were connected or not, and you would have said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? I would have been like, who is this person? Yeah. What? Who's this random bloke who's just trying to, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, 
I'd love to, but I don't know who you are and yeah. how you found me or what you're interested in talking to me about, but we, we have some context. So Absolutely. this whole conversation and like what we were talking about, how we got to this point, yeah. great example of how a sales conversation and relationship should work in sales. I, I love it. It's just like straight up my street. You know, many years <laughs> ago, a, um, uh, I worked for a company and it was really, really hardcore selling. And I've never kind of been in that space, you know, um, literally walk in and beat the person over the head with a baseball bat to ring them out of, you know, ring every penny out of them that you can. And I, I just can't do that. And I remember my sales manager saying to me, uh, nice guys always come second. But every, every month, I was the company's top sales rep. Mm -hmm. And he kept on saying to me, nice guys come second. But all the other guys were second. And over the years, this kind of thing has just tumbled around in my head. And I keep saying, but nice guys don't come second. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination imagining I'm a nice guy. But it's just kind of that, have a conversation. People will buy from you. If they don't buy from you, that's okay. Move on, you know? Oh, exactly. It drives me crackers. It really does. It drives me mad. Yeah. One of my, uh, I'm not sure if you know her or not, Wendy Harris. I'm connected uh, to her on LinkedIn. The I name sounds through, familiar. Yeah, I can't. I, uh, yeah. I met her through John as well. And she's a, um, she does sales calls for companies. So okay. she handles that part for them. And I interviewed her for my podcast. And her right. thing with sales is that she trains. And what she does is every prospect or every call needs to end in a yes, yep. a no, or a maybe. Yeah. Very Perfect. good. There should never be anything unknown or left unsaid you should have a status on every single one every single time and i'm like yeah that's perfect exactly and you and everybody knows where they are yeah you know yes yeah. i want to no i don't want to okay mm -hmm. well let's let's take it to the next conversation yeah Brilliant. exactly absolutely amazing <laughs> it's not that hard it's okay. easy. yeah like like we said in the beginning it's not rocket science Exactly. Because <laughs> if, if it was you and I talking about rocket science, I think it's going to be a very short conversation. We'd be hearing crickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Vicky, thank you very much for being on the show. It's been an absolute privilege for me to chat with you. Um, I'm certain we're going to do this again. Mm -hmm. We'll have that conversation offline. But I really appreciate you being on the, on the, on the call with me. And um, yeah, let's see where it goes from here. I will put your details, if that's okay, uh, for your LinkedIn page, uh, your website, and your podcast in the show notes. Uh, is that the best way for people to get hold of you if they want to have a conversation with you? Yes, that would be perfect. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been that's an okay. honor. And this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you, Vic. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, everybody who's watching, thank you very much for your time. It's been great sharing this space with you. I hope you've learned a bunch of things from Vicky. And I look forward to, as I've said, having her back on the show again and, and giving you some more of that kind of information. So I look forward to seeing you guys again in the future. Uh, down the road, you know the podcast comes on kind of randomly. So yeah, keep an eye out for the next episode. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Take care, everybody. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.